being a confident person, no matter what room you're in, no matter who you meet, no matter the circumstance, you can't put a price tag on that. And that's my ultimate goal, is that if you meet me on this podcast and you see me in the street, or you see me at the club, or you see me in the Oval Office, you're gonna get the same person. I have no desire to be anybody else but myself. I have completely owned my dope, and my job is to help others own their own dope. It's about ownership. You need to own your dope. What makes you magical? What makes you indispensable? And that's the person that never stops working. Not the one that can kick their face, has the best feet, the best tapper. It's the person who is authentically themselves no matter what room they're in because no one will ever be surprised. Hey there, welcome to Theater Life Uncensored, where we peel back the curtain and reveal to you what's really working in today's industry for theater artists just like you. That means you get to hear and learn how to surpass your career goals sooner and enjoy an easier, more peaceful life along the way. I'm your host, Jim Cooney, a New York City-based director-choreographer, and I'm also the founder of Amplified Artists, a membership community for theater professionals from performers to producers and everyone in between, helping you create a career and life you love. Y'all are not ready for this conversation today that I'm having with Aurelia Michael. First of all, she's done it all, from being a Broadway performer to being an associate choreographer, from being a voiceover artist to being a voiceover coach, from being a competitive bodybuilder to being a business owner. She's done it all. But second, she is one of the most inspirational people that I know. She's constantly mic dropping these pearls of wisdom. You are going to love this conversation. You're going to get so much out of it. And I think it'd be hard to listen to this and not immediately want to go run out there and start changing things about your life. But before we get into all of that, I just want to offer you a free gift to thank you for being a follower of the show. It's called Dream Career Blueprint. It's a free guide for you that's going to show you everything you need to build your dream career that's based on the advice of industry experts. Now, you can download your free Dream Career Blueprint at jimcooney.me forward slash blueprint, and I link to it in the show notes as well. Also, if you don't want to miss any episodes of the show, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player so you are the very first to know when the next episode is released. And while you are there doing that, I would be so grateful if you could give the podcast a five-star rating and leave a positive review because it helps more people find out about this podcast. So if you find it helpful, let's help other people discover the show. So please consider leaving a review and a five-star rating. Thank you so much. And by the way, if you want to connect with me outside of this episode, you can always message me on Instagram or follow me there. I'm at JimCooneyNYC. Feel free to pop over and say hello. All right, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Aurelia Michael. Hello, Aurelia. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're a very busy woman, so I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down today. And I know people are going to love hearing your story. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited and I am never too busy for you. <laughs> oh, you are one of my favorite people. So I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the show. And since I launched the podcast, I always knew I wanted to have you on. So here you are. I'm very excited about this. I'm honored. <laughs> um, one of the things I always start with the show with is just asking you how you describe yourself, because a lot of artists do a lot of different things, especially in today's time. And I know when people are at a cocktail party, or whatever, and someone's like, oh, what do you do? And then they start to stress about how do I even answer this question? So like in your words, how do you say it? Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the scariest questions when you meet people. It's like, ah, how do I put it almost feels like you're putting yourself in a box. 
Um, I would say I'm not really big on labels, but by label, I am a life coach, voiceover artist, voiceover coach and business owner, a musical theater performer, musical theater associate choreographer, uh, and competitive bodybuilder. But by non-label, I consider myself a heart healer. I'm a people connector. I'm the brunch coordinator. I'm hot cocoa on the morning of December 25th. I am a firecracker. Um, I've been told a lot. Um, and I'm just a lover of life and being present. And I always want people to walk away from our conversations feeling better than when they stepped into it. Yeah. Well, I think that's true because every time I've seen you teach, I've been in lots of rooms with you and watch pe- you coaching people as well. And people do always walk away so inspired by you and, and what you post on social media too. And the things you share there, I love, I love all the content you put out. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of it just comes from personal experience and people will make their own mistakes and have their own challenges. But if I can help them avoid some of them that I've made uh, to me, that's a gift. Yeah. You, so you already rattled off like 50 million things that you do and you do them all so well. And you're one of those people that you will say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I feel like I just blink and you've done it. I don't, I don't know how you do it so fast. So I want to talk about this. Like one of the examples I can share, you know, we've talked about this before you and me that, you know, you finished the programs at BDC. That's where I met you when you were doing that. You went off to LA, you had your career in LA and that's why I thought you were going to be a commercial dancer and you were killing it out there. And then I saw you in the halls of BDC one day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you hear? You hear, are you here visiting? And you're like, no, I moved back here. I'm going to be on Broadway. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I didn't know you were even interested in Broadway. You're like, yeah, I'm going in classes. I'm going to make it happen. And what, like less than a year later, you were on Broadway. Yeah. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> who has a commercial career, moves to New York and is like, I'm going to be on Broadway and then snap their fingers and it happens. So that's just one example. It's like your bodybuilding. You started posting about that and now you're winning all these competitions. So what is your process? Like, how do you like just say your goal and then you make it happen? Like, how does, how do you do that? So I really believe in uh, what I call radical manifestation. So we all know manifestation is I will have this. I can do that. To me, radical manifestation is I'm operating as if it already exists. So that was my story when I came, I say forward to New York, because I didn't go to New York to do what I did when I was first there. So when I moved forward to New York and living with my parents at 31, um, I came there already speaking as if I was about to be in a show. And so then when I did get in a show, a lot of people already assumed I was there. And so what I really did was I separated my former life. I was full-time hip-hop, commercial dance. I just wanted to dance behind artists, do music videos. So when I came to New York, I didn't even sub any classes. I barely took any hip-hop classes. I took the classes that made me cry the ones that really stretched me, Sheila Barker, Tracy, every time I take your class, I was like, <laughs> you know, I took the classes that, that, you know, made me nervous because I knew that even if I didn't do necessarily that kind of combo on Broadway, I needed to constantly push myself out of my comfort zone so that when I went into these auditions with casting directors I've never met and choreographers I didn't know about because I didn't know much coming into it, that I would just walk in with what I do have and not with what I don't. So one thing that I noticed a lot in the audition process where people were coming in 
already apologizing for the things they consider to be a negative, whether you couldn't kick your face with your leg or you weren't the best tapper or you didn't have the best feet. Like people were coming in already apologizing. And so instead of me doing that, I just came into the room with what I already had. So I remember one particular audition for, um, it was for like a summer stock and we started with a ballet combination. Now I did grow up learning ballet, but my body is not the typical ballet aesthetic. But from the upper, from the waist up, I can give you whatever I want. And so I just gave that confidence. And then when I got kept for the second round, which was a Shrek combo, a lot of that stuff I technically couldn't do, but you gave me two eight counts in the beginning to freestyle and I use all of that music. And then after I did that, I started to notice other people giving themselves permission to do the same. So instead of thinking like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do that inside fan kick, I can't do this. I came into the room and said, what can I bring to the table that no one else in here probably has? Oh, no. And that's what I did for the eight months. I woke up at six to get ready. My mom made my breakfast. She drove me five minutes to the bus stop. We played the Broadway XM station. I got on that bus. I got to the city at nine to hopefully get seen by three or four. And I did that every day for eight months um, until I booked Ghost, which I did for a month, took a day off for my birthday, and then started the Donna Summer musical in San Diego. And then we transferred to New York. So I think what I've done is taken what people do in 10 years and I condensed it into eight months and I stayed focused and I stayed um, connected to my circle. The people that were around me constantly encouraging and reminding me, even on when I didn't book something, they're like, well, remember, you just started this. People have been trying to do this their entire lives. And so I kept keeping that in mind, but then also recognizing like, well, what have I been doing all my life? that other people haven't, that I can bring into the room. And for me, that's having an opinion, that's having perspective, that's being willing to play. I'm always animated and coming in with that confidence that I've built from the years of building it into others. Yeah. Well, you said a bunch of things that are, I want to go back to this. So amazing. Like, I love this idea of instead of focusing on what you don't have, focusing on what you do have, because I think I mean, I think that everything comes from confidence and like that's all the roads lead to confidence. And so doing the things that are going to make you feel confident and that that is one of them. But also like the thing that I try to help people with is like you said, oh, I can't do that inside fanking. I can't do that. We there's like this habit to try to be like other people and do what they can do instead of just being the thing that you do best. And like that's what you said. What do I bring that no one else in this room is bringing? That is how you really stand out. You are never going to be able to do it like someone else because you are not that person, but no one can like you. And so if you bring what you do best and what's unique about you, no one in the room can touch you and you are going to stand out. And, you know, I, I, I kind of bang my head against the wall, like trying to get people to do this because people are so afraid to step out and do their own thing because they think, well, no one's doing it like this. But that's what's right. going to make people take notice because no one is doing it like that. Right. And we I think we just live in a time where you can easily feel like you have, I, I think honestly, you know, when you think about even the school system, like we're kind of raised in group think. And so to step out against that, like we're so used to, if you got four A's and a D to focus on the D, how do I get right. better? How do I, instead of, how do I get that A to an A plus? And so that's what I did. I was like, okay, here are the things I still was improving, but at the end of the day, Shakira said it, the hips don't lie. Okay. These hips are tight. 
They're going to always be tight. They can get as loose as they can, but they're going to always be what they're going to be at this age. And so I had to accept that. So instead of walking into the room already saying, I'm so sorry that whatever kick you're about to put in, it's not going to go as high as you like. I focus on it because at the end of the day, you can't deny chemistry. And they will make, they will, the same way they'll adjust vocals for the lead, they'll adjust movement for you. They'll have a section. And so many things now are so much more pedestrian than performative that they'll find a way to get you in there or they'll feature you, which I think is even better. So I think people are just afraid that, you know, I, that person's always working. I need to be like that person. But the same thing I tell my clients in voiceover, you're never going to be able to beat somebody at their own game. It's their game, but you can always get better in your own game and no one can beat you at it. So if we spent more time turning those A's into A pluses, don't worry about the B's, C's and D's. Those will start to increase too, as you focus on what you're already good at. Yeah. This is reminding me, I want to actually read this anyway, but it's like, you've kind of got a good segue. You posted this on your social media and you've told me this in person too, but I'm going to read the post that you put. You said, I once asked a professor in college what I needed to do to get from an, uh, sorry, what I needed to do to get to an A from my B minus. And he told me, well, you're not an A dancer. And that response held the next 10 years of my career captive, constantly doing favors and or riding the sidelines for people. I wanted to acknowledge and validate my worth in this industry. I felt only valuable for my work ethic and not my artistry. So it's kind of like what you're, you're just saying now. Um, when people do say things like us, so when you get like in this case, it was a B minus for you, but you're saying that even the C's and D's, and we do focus on those things and we try to change those things. Um, how do you, how do you like let yourself detach from that? So you can just focus on turning your A's into your A pluses. Absolutely. And you know, when I look back on my college career, I was a modern dance major, which I think at that time I just said, oh, it's dance. I'll just do it. And I didn't actually think about my interest in modern dance. Um, But I felt like also there was like kind of a thing around hip hop dancers at that time because a lot of schools weren't realizing how much your students need that now. They need that training, but they didn't see that then. Um, And yeah, one day I woke up recently and I was like, man, I really spent a lot of time doing favors to become everyone's favorite. And you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do IOUs or when that next thing comes up. Now, I'm grateful for the fact that my work ethic is appreciated. It is quite unmatched. As you know, I do a lot of things. And the things that I decide to focus on, I do them as well as I can. But I also started to realize I don't want to be anywhere where I'm just being tolerated or I'm being strung along because that starts to also show up in other areas of your life in your friendship, dating, family, other career pursuits. So I started realizing, okay, people like my work ethic. They love what I say. Something about my voice commands attention. Where can I put that? So when voiceover came along, it kind of felt like a no-brainer. Because I was like, oh, you want to pay me to do what I do every day anyway, which is have conversations. Because with a lot of voiceover, you're not selling, you're just telling about something. And I do that all the time. And then with musical theater, I felt like, especially working with uh, the choreographer I work with, Ricky Tripp, I always feel like I'm more than enough. And we support each other so far beyond just the choreography, just the movement, like we're family. And that's something I had been searching for in the commercial world that I couldn't find. And on top of that, I couldn't find 
someone in the industry that was living the life I personally wanted. And so I, I knew I didn't want to be a choreographer big time. I knew I didn't want to be a creative director. And the dancer ceiling, you start bumping your head. And I didn't want to get to that place. So when I found musical theater or when it found me, it felt like it was always meant to be. I didn't study voice in college because I didn't want to study classical. I uh, In dance, the dance department was here and the theater department was here, but none of the classes were considered crossed over. So you'd have to take extra classes. So it was almost like it was always meant to be, but it happened at the time that it was supposed to happen because now that I always end up becoming the swing or the dance captain or some type of leadership role because instantly people feel that. And I just felt for me personally, my leadership skills um, weren't desired in the rehearsal space for commercial dance, just behind the scenes. And that's not something I was personally interested in. Right. And people don't realize how valuable swings are and how hard it is to find a swing. Um, and, you know, some people don't like swinging because they want to be on stage every night. Uh, but you, if you are a great swing, you will work all the time because it's hard to find those people. And like you said, it's not even just the leadership, but it's also having the work ethic to learn however many tracks and to go in for as many people. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, you just were saying that you didn't study voice in college, but yet here you are, your first Broadway show and you're covering singing roles. Right. And so like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't focus on what you don't have. Like, okay, I didn't have this voice training. I'm going to focus on what I can bring to it now. And if you believe you're a singer, then other people are going to believe it too, right? So it's, it's, it's really, it's great to, like, that's why I want to have you on here because you're so inspiring with the way you, you approach everything. Um, so how did you even get into this bodybuilding? And like, because again, like went from never doing it until now you're winning all these competitions. So how, like, what happened? <laughs> so uh, during the pandemic, I went to the gym that was outdoors paying like $80, $90 a month. But I was like, I need my gym. And so um, the only thing that was indoors was the restroom. So I go in the restroom and they had a long mirror. So I would practice all these poses that I saw online. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and one of my older sorority sisters, she is a bodybuilder. And she messaged me and was like, you're always posting these. Like, why don't you just try it? You already kind of put yourself on a meal plan. You already have a gym schedule. Why don't you just try it? Because I felt like for years, I, I knew the body I wanted, but I, I couldn't figure out how to get there. And Google University, you know, was not very good for what you specifically need. So uh, she connected me to my coach, Derek, who is incredible. And we started in April of 2021. And we've been together ever since. And it for me, I, I knew I was a disciplined person, but bodybuilding is a discipline on a whole other level because you know, life is kind of like a diner. You know, you open up that menu and it's like, do you want breakfast? Do you want lunch? Do you want some cheesecake? Right. What do you, but to, to be literally in a restaurant and know that I could have anything, no one's, I'm not going to get in trouble. Like I'm grown and I'm going to choose this, or I'm going to choose to eat at home. It, it has removed the idea of the power of temporary satisfaction, which is the thing that often gets in the way of most of our goals and yes. daily pursuits is the thing that's right in front of me. I just got to have it. And it's not that you have to have it. It's just the fact that you can makes you feel like you should. And just because I can doesn't mean I should. And so it's taught me that, you know, in five minutes, I won't even taste that anymore. Or every time I, I've never gone to the gym and left and felt worse than when I got there. So for right. me, it's taught me that, you know, I'm, I just turned 38 and I always tell people, 
I stopped focusing on age. So age stopped focusing on me. And it allows me to go on stage like I have been doing the last few days playing a 10-year-old named Susanna because I do the best to treat my temple. I only get one, right, for free. So I want to treat this temple the best way that I can. And so bodybuilding has become one of my favorite hobbies. Like I listen to bodybuilding all day, not even bikini, which is the division I do. I listen to men's bodybuilding. I watch their posing. Like I didn't have a hobby. And I feel like many artists don't. Their hobbies are connected to their jobs. And this is something that is purely a glorified and kind of expensive hobby that I absolutely love. And I love listening to it. And I love watching shows and going to shows. And so besides that and sewing, these have become the two things that I use to pull myself away from all the other hats that I wear. Yeah. I, you know, you said about the, you know, avoiding the temporary you know, satisfaction, the temporary reward for the larger reward at the end. And this is something, you know, you alluded to back when you're talking about the classes of, I was taking the classes, it scared me. And I don't know if it's because of social media or whatnot, but I just feel like so many people now are just, they want that instant gratification. And so you see the classes that are the lower levels are packed because you don't have to really work that hard there. You can already do everything in the class. And the people like Sheila Barker, like the people who are like doing the, the top level classes, they're not that many people because people don't want to get the corrections and whatnot. They want to go where they get their ego stroked and they feel like the teacher's going to say, yes, they, you know, work and like make you feel yeah. great about yourself, but you're not actually mm -hmm. improving. Um, and I, I just think like, it's such a good thing for people to hear. Like, you're not going to taste that in five minutes. Like you said, same thing with your, your dance class or your voice class. Like if, if it's just for like an ego stroking, you're going to have that for the hour and a half of that class is there, but you're not building a career at all. And so you're actually delaying the big win that does last, like that satisfaction of your of you hitting your career goals lasts forever. So it's right. it's really I hope people listening take that to heart and really think about how they're spending their time and where they're putting their energy and their money because yeah, I think we get distracted so easily by the the shiny objects of making yourself feel and good. Cameras. Now that the cameras is such a prominent thing now, it's almost like you're taking the class to be filmed, which I think that it's a great tool, you know, to be able to perform for camera. But then that's also tricky when you're in, when you're thinking about performing for camera in a theater class, <laughs> right? where movement has to be bigger and expression has to be bigger because it's not going to be this tight shot. So I think it's really going into, I, and I think that too is like, sometimes people are afraid to make mistakes in class because they're like, if I get called yep. out, I don't want to make this teacher's video look bad. And I'm like, hold on, who paid who to come into this class today? Like, I came here to learn and to get better. And the only way, right, as kids, the only way we were able to learn how to walk was to get up and fall and crawl. And get, if we just stayed crawling, we'd still be crawling now. So what makes the difference now? And so I give myself that freedom to make mistakes in class. And if I mess up your video, I'm so sorry, but I'm working on my, my thing is retention. I can pick it up quickly but about 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, how did this connect to that, connect to that? So I think if people start to take that pressure off, we probably see less cameras because now people are just doing it to perform and not to actually grow. And we're confusing the quantity of time we spend in class with the quality. And they're not right. the same. No, it's not at all. And it, it spends a lot of time. I mean, if you think about all the time to go down to a, take a class, like you have to commute there and the warming up. And I mean, it's not like you're just bopping down to get a quick video. So it is a lot of your time that you're, you're spending. 
So speaking of time, how do you juggle all of these things from, you know, being even right now in the show you're doing, uh, you're the associate choreographer and you're also a swing, right? And dance cap. And dance cap. <laughs> just there alone, you have three things going on, but also you have your bodybuilding, like you said, you have your coaching. So how do you juggle your time and how do you schedule your time? So I think one of the main things I do is from a book that I love called The One Thing. It talks about instead of trying to balance everything, to focus on counterbalancing. So I will, I kind of live my life in seasons. There'll be voiceover seasons, musical theater seasons, bodybuilding seasons even. So I've spent the last year of bodybuilding in improvement season, which means it can kind of take a step back because the goal is to put on a bit of weight so that I can build muscle, as opposed to now I'm heading into a cutting phase and then into prep, which now bodybuilding will become more prominent. So when you know, bodybuilding is kind of under the radar. Okay, are there any musical theater auditions happening right now? No, it's kind of a slow season. Okay, great. Now let me focus on voiceover. And so I've set up my voiceover community in a way that I can step back. I have a content creator that I work with and an admin assistant so that everything can just kind of roll out on its own. And then life coaching, I've been doing that for over 12 years now. So I've just been able to uh, with this show, it's been tricky because I was in New York and we were in um, long rehearsals and then traveling. And then here we were in tech, our 10 to 12 hour days. But I was able to find moments where I could schedule my clients in where it wouldn't feel too much for me. And that I'd be able to give what I normally give when I'm not in a show. Um, but it always does kind of shock me when I get back into theater because I'm used to kind of being on my own schedule. And then suddenly, you know, I'm in rehearsal. And then because I'm on this side of the table, I'm in production meetings after rehearsals or after tech or after a performance. Um, but I just find that I always make sure in the morning that I'm doing my journaling, my stretching, my gym time, because that's my time. And I can't be good for anybody else if I'm not good for myself first. And I have to be willing to say no to something. So I haven't done voiceover auditions in about a month, but my agency understands. They know the ebbs and flows. They understand the theater life. And so they know, okay, once I get back home in November, November through New Year's, I'm all yours because I have chosen to not audition for anything that would be for the wintertime. So, the, and I need time with my family. I am married. I have a puppy I haven't seen in five weeks and I'm going through it. So I'm always making sure that when I'm saying yes to something that I understand that I'm also saying no, not right now or not in full capacity to something else. Yes, there's so much value in saying no. And um, I think we're, we start our career and we just were so desperate to work. So we, we get in this habit of saying yes to everything and then we just never let go of that. And you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I have enough connections now. I have enough skills on my resume and like people know me. I don't need to be working this hard. And for so many years of my life, I felt like my parents would get frustrated because they'd try to plan a family vacation. I'm like, well, what if I get a job? I can't, that's a year away from now. I can't say yes to that. Where now, yeah. like since the pandemic, the last three years, uh, I've carved out like August and part of September to go to Europe. And it's like a six week thing. And still people are like, but what if you get a show? What I'm like, I, I carve this out for me. This is my time to go. I get inspired by the art, the culture, the food in Europe. It refuels my spirit. It's my time to not be in the hustle and stuff and like have space away and from the politics in America and all the things like it's good for my mental health and for my, you know, my life. And like, I don't want to just be working 
all the time. Like I need to have a break right. as well. And so it's like this idea of the seasons of like carving out, okay, this is what I'm gonna work on this. This is what I'm gonna work out. That is really helpful for people, I think, to hear. But to kind of tie all this like part of it up into a bow, it's like you are getting paid. You already said this. You're getting paid to do things you already love to do. You already do voice of work and you already lead a room because that's who you are, right? As a coach, so like all these skills are the same skills, but you're just creating all these different revenue streams to get money from all these skills. And it's something we talked about a few episodes back on the season premiere was like this exact concept of get paid to be you. I think you even said that yourself, oh, you know, yes. like it's like even going back to the audition thing of like, stop trying to be like everyone else. Do you like get paid to be you get paid for all the things you do. And so that way, if no theater jobs come up or there's a pandemic or whatever, you have the voiceover work, you have these other things that you could be doing, you're coaching. Um, and so I think like, I just keep encouraging people to think about all the ways that you could use your skill sets and make money. So you're not having to go babysit or do these other survival jobs because that's not going to creatively fulfill you. So, right. Yeah. And I think that um, we as we are still thinking that hustle culture is the way to go, like to constantly be grinding. And all that does is lead to burnout because how many, t I can't tell you how many weddings I've missed and mm -hmm. uh, baby showers. I am no one's godparent because I wasn't around because I, if you weren't a part of the dance circle, you didn't hear from me. And I missed out and no one called, right? It was always this joke before Janet came back. Like, oh, you got to be ready. You know, Janet might call. Well, Janet came out and she didn't call me. You know, so it's like you spend all this time just sitting and hoping and, you know, just thinking even bigger. It's like what faith you have in that you assume will be here a week from now for the potential job. You don't know that. So you have to treat life. People say, you know, when I make it, I'm going to go on that vacation. I'm going to, this is it. Yeah. You have made, if you treat today, you wake up today as if you have made it, you will treat life differently because you're, that's a lot of faith to assume that a month from now, X, Y, and Z. So no, if the vacation is happening, go on the vacation because what you're telling the universe is that I'm not going to constantly bend to the potential of other people's schedules. And the mm -hmm. universe will reward you with that. Will, may an audition come up? Yes. But also that's an audition. That's not a booking. Very different. So now you start thinking, oh, if I'd have been there, I could have did a coulda, woulda, shoulda. You don't know that. And so people often don't know the other side of things like, oh, if I would have. But I remember when I auditioned for the Motown tour and I went in six times and they told me, you know, I was too pitchy. I probably wouldn't harmonize well with the other girls. They love me as a dancer. And I was like, I was heartbroken that I didn't get it. But if I had went on that tour, I would have missed the Donna Summer audition. And I may still be in New York. Who knows? So sometimes you have to take that leap of faith to say like, okay, no, this wasn't meant to be. Or no, I'm not going to sit around and wait. That's very unattractive. We want to mm -hmm. see you, even as being on the other side of the table, we want to see you living your life. We want to get to know you as a person. So if your entire page is just dance videos, who are you outside of that? Because we always think about, oh, what if I get injured? No, what if one day you wake up and you don't want to dance anymore? You don't want to move. You don't want to leave the house. What skill sets have you acquired that will allow you to do that? What if you mm -hmm. decide you don't want to choreograph or you don't want to go higher up? What can you start doing now? And sometimes it takes you getting out of that environment 
you know, getting under some palm trees to think about the things you really want for your life so that you don't end up at an age you didn't want to end up having to still dance or teach versus because you want to do it. Right. Well, and also it's not, it's not like you're going to another planet, like you're still on earth. Right. So it's like, like last year I did have to come back early. I was supposed to be gone for longer. And then when the, my fair lady tour job happened and I had to come back for rehearsals for that. Okay. I just cut the trip shorter. It's like, it's not the end of the world, but if I just didn't go at all on any trip because I might book a job, like that's like you said, it's, it's not a good message to yourself. It's not a good message to the universe and you're depriving yourself. Like you said, weddings. I mean, I didn't go to my grandfather's funeral because I was in a show and I was like, oh, I, they're not going to let me leave the show to go to my grandfather's funeral. But like, right. I didn't even ask. Like, that's silly. I, I could have totally gone to the funeral. You know what I mean? But I, I didn't want right. to put it out there that I was not going to be someone they could depend on. I was also the dance captain in the swing. So I felt like I couldn't step away from that project. It was just like silliness, you know? And so, they will go on. That's the thing, yeah. too. It's like I've had to remind myself of that. Like, the show will still go on. And we, right. and that part of that is our ego too, right? Of like, they can't do that without me. Like, what if I'm not there? They will be fine. Ricky left early to go work on um, the an opera at the Met and everything was fine. The show has been going on. So it's teaching us that like, actually stepping away sometimes is good too, because sometimes you being there is actually more enabling than helping. Let them figure out how to do things on their own. So yeah, I'm glad that you took that trip you enjoyed that. And then you were able to come back refreshed versus kind of sitting around and nothing happening. You're like, man, I could have spent this amount of time gone and then came back and actually had some fresh perspective and ideas and wanting to be in the space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I also want to ask you about your coaching because like I've seen, like I said, I've seen you coach people. I just watch you teach and it's always so inspiring and, and the social media posts you do. Um, Talk, talk to me about like your philosophies on like who needs a coach? Why do you need a coach? Because um, some people like they don't even know what what happens with a coach. Like, do what do I do? Do I just talk for an hour? Or, like, what what's the process like? So tell us about that. Absolutely. So I think everyone can greatly benefit from a coach. I find that therapy is considered a necessity and coaching is considered a luxury. And I think they're both equally important tools. So typically in therapy, you focus a lot on the past and how it got you here. And in coaching, we focus a lot on how you got here. On how you got here, we still focus a bit on the past, but we really are focusing on where you want to go and how we can get you there. And so my job is to be your cheerleader, your teammate, coach, fan in the stands, the hot dog maker, the announcer, the victory bus driver, even if we lose the game. My job is to be that person that you can always turn to with any idea, nothing big, small, too crazy, that's going to support you. Whatever you say you want to do, my job is to help you get there. Because sometimes when you share big dreams with small vision people, and those people could be your significant others, they can be your family. If they've chosen a safe route, often they'll say, oh, are you sure you want to do that? You might want to do something a little more stable. So it's good to have someone in your life who's as unbiased as possible to give you an objective view, to give you perspective, to give you ideas, to be a resource, to connect you to other people. And so within that hour that we work together, 
basically what we're doing is we're taking the goals that you set. So you may have these, you know, grand outcome goals. I want to own my own business. I want to have my own home. That's great. But what are the day-to-day things we need to do to get there? Because it may not just be, oh, I need to save money. It may be, I need to start journaling and or go to therapy about my relationship with money because I have an issue with saving. So we may have to take a step back and then we start to create process goals. And your process goals are actionable, manageable steps. They need to be quantifiable. Three days a week, I'm going to work on this. For two hours a day, I'm working on that. At the end of every month, I'm going to take inventory on this. That way we can take, because a lot of our outcome goals don't aren't just determined by us. It may be, so if I want to book a job, that's not completely in my control. What are the things in my control that I can focus on? Getting connected to casting, getting connected, uh, working on my wardrobe. What are the things, we talked about this all the time. It's like people do not focus enough on the wardrobe for auditions. And my thought is like, I don't want to come in necessarily looking like, you know, I just came out of a costume shop. I need to feel the essence of that show. I need to give you, I don't, I don't want to come in and you have to figure out like when I auditioned for damn Yankees, like I came in as Gloria to the point where they used the wig for Gloria. That was mine because I knew that that was the essence of what they were looking for. And so things like that, that'll make you stand out uh, without, you know, stepping too far out of your comfort zone and things that maybe you already have in your closet that will make you stand out that you can move and groove in. So my job as a coach and why I think it's important is that your people around you isn't just anything, it's everything. And where you are is said a lot by who you have around you. The con- the last five text conversations you've had, do you have an accountability partner? That's also my job. If you tell me on every Friday you're going to do this, I need to hear from you on every Friday. Like I'll have clients take pictures at the gym. I'll have clients take pictures at an audition. That and that makes them feel like they've got someone who actually cares whether they do something or don't do it. So while people may think coaching is a luxury, I often say that I work for free because if you are investing in this, you are going to get something out of it that is priceless. Being a confident person, no matter what room you're in, no matter who you meet, no matter the circumstance, you can't put a price tag on that. And that's my ultimate goal is that if you meet me on this podcast and you see me in the street or you see me at the club or you see me in the Oval Office, you're going to get the same person. I have no desire to be anybody else but myself. I have completely owned my dope and my job is to help others own their own dope. Be unapologetic about it because it's so easy to talk about all the things we need to work on. We don't have great. But once you start talking about yourself, which is why the what do you do? Who are you? People freeze up because now they're like, I don't want to brag. I don't want to feel like I'm boasting. No, it's about ownership. You need to own your dope. What makes you magical? What makes you indispensable? And that's the person that never stops working. Not the one that can kick their face, has the best feet, the best tapper. It's the person who is authentically themselves, no matter what room they're in, because no one will ever be surprised. Right. Yeah. And you actually, you said you work for free and then you, you said about these things being priceless, but also literally you do work for free because people make more money 
by having these extra jobs and these other opportunities. And that's something that, you know, people, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hear people say, oh, I don't have money for a coach. I'm like, this is why you need a coach because you should be in a place where you can afford a coach. And the same people who say they can't afford a coach are going to Starbucks every morning. They're going to their dance classes. They're doing all these things. I'm like, well, you, ha- you do have the money to pay for Money it. is there. Yep. Yeah. And they say the same thing about Amplified Artists. I can't afford it right now. I'm like, but the people who are there and who are actually doing the work, right, coming to the coaching sessions we have, doing the courses that we have, they're all making more money than before they joined. So like that is an investment. Also, we have like over $1,200 worth of industry discounts. So I'm like, even that alone more than covers, like like I'm like you, I am also working for free because I'm helping you make more money. And I think that it's going back to that instant reward that you were talking about. They just look like, well, right now, today, I don't have the money to pay for this. And they don't see the future of like, well, where am I trying to go? Like you said, your coaching is about looking forward. Like, and if I'm trying to get there, then if I invest a hundred, I don't know what your rate is, but like a hundred dollars an hour, let's say if I'm investing in that, but then I'm booking a job that I'm making $5,000. Well, all those sessions of a hundred dollars, that's nothing compared to the 5,000 you're making. Right. And then you, it just snowballs exactly. from there. So like, yeah, if you're listening to this, are... don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Absolutely. And, and that's always been my thing is like when you invest in things, the universe listens and it'll invest back in you. And, you know, we make this assumption like, oh yeah, I'll drop $65 on this masterclass because I automatically assume that that's going to build the connection I need with this teacher, as opposed to let me put this money in so I can figure out how else I can connect to this person that a hundred other people in the room won't be doing. But you can't always figure that out because my job as a coach, your life is a museum. It's my job to walk around and say, have you noticed that sculpture kind of reminds me of that picture, kind of reminds me of that. But we're trying to be in the picture and on the outside of the frame. And you can't do that. You can't be that. You can't always be the patient and the doctor. That's not how it works. (laughs) Right. You can't always you know, WebMD something to try to figure out. No, you need to go to a professional because sometimes you are not qualified to help yourself in certain areas. And you have to humble yourself to say that. You are not qualified to manage finances. You can get qualified enough to do it, but bring someone in that can already help you do that. Right now, if I decided to take the next year off after this, I could do that with ease. If that's something you desire, you need to be with a coach that has made that happen for themselves and can make that happen for you as opposed right. to taking, because our job is just, it's almost like the cheat codes in a game. Our job is just to get you to where you want to be faster, more efficiently, and help you surrender to the process instead of suffering through it. Right. Well, you know, I'm always preaching about money too, because my parents are financial advisors. So I just grew up in this environment where it's like, People have way more money than they think they have. They just don't manage it. And this is the thing is like you get on this hamster wheel of like money comes in, money goes out, money comes in, money goes out, and you're never building a life. And people think, well, I need to invest all this money. And you don't. You can start small. Like the bank will do it for you. And there's all these other tools that that you have if you just, you know, make the commitment. And I'll I'll tell people, like I'll give this, you know, example of a piggy bank. If you put money in a piggy bank, it eventually fills up. So whether you're putting in one penny a day, five pennies a day, $3 a day, it eventually is going to fill up. It's the habit of putting the money into the piggy bank that gives you what you want to have in life. And so, you know, that's a very basic example of it. But just this idea of, again, investing in yourself, taking that money, pay yourself first, give you, like you get that paycheck, don't give it all to your landlord, take some for yourself, right? 
So yeah, start yeah, making that habit. Yeah, and what you do with little, you do with much. So if you think you get a hundred dollars for some extra work, and you go and you know go out and grabbing drinks, and you spend sixty, seventy, eighty of that, you think when you get that five thousand dollar check, you're not gonna go buy something expensive. You absolutely right. are. That's how you train yourself. And I'm really big on that. When I was doing Donna Summer, even though we worked on Restaurant Row, pretty much we were one block down. I cooked a lot of my food. Because my goal was to never, I was like, other than my wedding, I will never ask my parents for money again. That's not going to be a thing. And this is the perfect opportunity. And I've seen so many people do cruises and do Broadway. And then they turn around and they're still working paycheck to paycheck. Okay, we need to take a step back then because now you're going after jobs because you need them. And that's going to show up in the audition with right. you. Who show up with that pink slip with their eviction notice on their forehead. And you think we can't, we can feel that when you're desperate for work versus the person that comes in and says, here's what I have to offer. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, great. If not, I'll pick it back up and go in the next right. room. Yes. I feel like we could talk about this forever. Like you and I are totally on the same page of how to a whole mini series. I know. <laughs> But I know you are busy, so I do want to let you go. But is there anything else that you would like to say that we haven't talked about or that you want to share with people? Um, you know, I always just want to remind people investment, like we just talked about, is so, so important. Investing in yourself. We only get to do this thing called life once, at least that we know of, right? Nobody's come back to tell me otherwise. So we get to do this thing once. Treat every day. When you open up your eyes in the morning, those are the curtains. If you're like me and you need a siesta in the middle of the day, that's your intermission. Open them back up. When you close your eyes at the end of the day or when you close your eyes one day in life, I really want you to feel like you live the life better than the one you dreamed of. The life I'm living right now is better than what I dreamed of 10 years ago. I was like, oh man, I thought I was dreaming big. No, this is big. So really treat every day as if you have already made it. And that is going to change the people around you. That's going to change your circumstances. And it's really going to change your life. Yes. And if you need amazing. a coach, here I am, Aurelia Michael on Instagram, Aurelia Michael on Facebook, AureliaMichael.com. If you're looking to get into voiceover, which a lot of people have been doing now, not even to become voiceover artists, but to find their voice and to know that it is their mm -hmm. superpower. My community will welcome you, Voice On Demand. We are OurVoiceOnDemand.com, Our Voice On Demand on Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah, and I'll put all those links in the show notes too so people can find that very easily. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very, very much. I mean, this is incredible. Like, I feel inspired, and I know other people are going to be feeling that uh, inspiration as well from you. So thank you. I really do appreciate your time because, like I said, I know you are so busy wearing three hats right now and we're trying to carve out yes. a time for you to be able to be here today and you made the time so I, i'm really grateful for that so thank you so much always and thank you for keeping the connection always i appreciate you so much all right take care thank you so much bye see what i mean friends i told you you'd be inspired i'm always inspired every time i'm around her too and what i love so much about it is just how factual it is. It's so clear when you hear her say that and you start to think, well, it's so obvious. Why, why am I not seeing these things on my own? Well, it's like she said, you can't be the patient and the doctor at the same time. We need those outside objective perspectives and we need the community around us and we need the accountability. That is how we thrive. 
So I really do encourage you to invest in yourself and set yourself up for the future that you want to live. And like Aurelia said, it ends up being free because you get so much more back, more money, more creative fulfillment, more peace and happiness. It's an investment that is going to pay you back way more. So here's what I think you should do. First, download the Dream Career Blueprint. That's the resource I mentioned at the top of this episode. It's free, but it's going to help you construct your dream career in the fastest and easiest way possible. And then second, go through the blueprint because for each section, it lets you audit yourself on how well you think each of those individual pieces are going for yourself. And then third, you can invest in the things that need the most work because you will know now where to focus your energy and your time and your money. And you can stop spending so much time, energy, and money on the things that are already going well or that you know how to do. So you can download your free dream career blueprint at jimcooney.me forward slash blueprint or by clicking the link to it in the show notes. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe. And while you're there, please leave the show a five-star review, especially if you think this podcast will be helpful for someone else. And if you've got any questions, give me a shout on Instagram. I'm at jimcooneynyc. And finally, if you really love the show and want to support it, leaving a small tip is greatly appreciated. And there's a link to do so in the show notes. Remember, there is no one on this planet who's just like you. Stay true to the gifts you have and who you are. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Now, here's a little preview of next week's episode. I will see you then. I'm going to be leading you through some prompts that's going to help your mind go through these various activities. It's like a playground for your mind. And so it's going to affect your thoughts because our minds do affect our thoughts. Our thoughts affect our emotions and then our emotions affect our actions.